Welcome, welcome. Achoo. Well, sorry to say I'm a bit under the weather, but that's allergy season for you. At least we're starting to see some blue skies out there over the water in the port. Speaking of port, I'm sure you're interested in what's going on on the space base. Well, Katu, Corin, and Gurk are still at it. I think that they're about to get some new suspects. The Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories Podcast. Season 3! Episode 7, Kirk is not a suspect. Its active camouflage is clearly on the fritz as Captain Katu pins it amidst paper cups still rolling around when they've been knocked off a counter next to an every flavor soda machine. Corey stands a few feet away, pointing a grav grappler at the suit and watches as it lifts and fires off its entire forearm, which flies through the market stalls between a few diners and off into the depths of the base. As the arm leaves the scene, we catch a glimpse of a canister of luminous blue-white goo contained within. The suit still seems to be squirming and lurching, so Katu, make a strength check. But before we do that... Koi, is there anything that you can do to give Katu advantage? Uh, we have thoroughly confirmed it does not have a consciousness or a mind. Um, I think my grappler was on its head. I think it was on its head. Um, or helmet, perhaps. (laughs) Maybe it doesn't have a head. Can I see if there's a like a face or anything inside the helmet? Um, yeah, it has like a tinted visor, so I guess make an awareness check to see. That's not going to be the thing that you're doing to give him advantage, but you can make an awareness check to see if you can right. see a face or something inside. And it's 18. 18. Um, yeah, you can tell it's not, there's not like a being inside the suit. It's just like wiring and glowy blinky lights and like it's like if you take off the front faceplate of a tower computer which used to exist you know where you see all the like circuitry and stuff like that yeah charles used to exist in this world or used to exist in the fantasy both um it still exists but it also used to exist that's fair point point to alex on that one (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if i can unless I can make another freebie check for um, if there's like an off switch. Uh, there, you are not able to find an off switch okay. with its active camouflage still uh, kind of like flickering in and out. It'd be really hard to figure out that sort of whatever. Okay. Well, I think based on the positions that we were in and my actual ability to act here, I don't think I can. You want me to throw out an option for you? Yeah, go for it. So, one, you can make strength check. Two, you're within normal range. I know. Uh, two, you could also make a charisma check to see if you could convince some of the bystanders to help you pull on the end of your graph grappler. 
I don't know how you're conceptualizing that. Well, right. Or... So I was thinking about pulling on the grab grappler, but again, it's on the head. So I feel like if taking the helmet off wouldn't necessarily, like, incapacitate it, then it wouldn't necessarily actually help to, like, just yank on the head. Because if it's just, like, moving, because it doesn't really have, like, a brain or something specifically. Um, but I think... So I don't think I, I would let go of the grappler, because if he turns invisible and tries to run, I'm going to hold on to it to make sure that I can still, like, know where it is. I'm just imagining this, like, invisible robot running through the station, and Cory is, like, skiing yeah. with the grab grappler behind him. Yeah. So I, I think that's really where I'm at, is that he's just like, I'm gonna hold on to this, so if this thing tries to get away or turns invisible, we still have, like, a uh, reference point. Okay. So. So you're gonna take the safe road. All right. Then, Katu, make your strength check. Could I make an argument that I could have Zephyrvame come up and try to disrupt its active camouflage more, or again, to give me a better shot at this? What check do you want to make to do that? Uh, I was thinking Zephyrvame could come up and either, like, kick it or shoot it with the blaster set to stun or something. Okay, what do you want him to do? I want him to just, like, walk up and... I mean, if he kicks it, it's going to be a strength check. If he shoots it, it's going to be a dexterity check. Right. I'm thinking because he probably, like, he's probably a good shot, but also he's probably not willing to risk shooting right next to Katu, so I'm thinking, like, he can run up and kick it. Okay. Into the, you know, kick into the empty space that Katu is trying to Contact shot. Just barrel to the middle and... Yeah. Make a strength check. Make a strength check. Uh, and basically, this is like his attempt to aid your strength check. <laughs> so not it doesn't work out quite so well. We got some fun new toys. So apparently, Michael Dice might be the way to go. Apparently. Take pictures of your fun new toys. You're very warm, and I'm okay. freezing. Nine this is not for fair. Zephyr Okay, that's not gonna be enough to give you advantage. Fair enough. All right, here's for Katu. Twelve plus, twelve plus, right? Yeah. Twelve plus three is fifteen. Can I include my melee minor? You make with a fifteen. So okay. You can if you want to, but uh, it's irrelevant. It makes it a sixteen. Uh, okay. Counts. Sure. Sixteen. Every counts. Um. So it's still jostling around quite a bit uh, between that and kind of the challenges posed by its active camo. You don't necessarily feel like you can do a ton without like giving up an opportunity for it to squirm away. Um, but you're kind of like, you've got it held in place between the other people. Um, you know, you've like got it pinned. Um, after a few minutes, we see Girk rushing into the market from the hangar bay with Jess, the anomalous team in tow behind her. Uh, so, Girk, you kind of run up, and I want you to make a uh, intelligence check, and you can use your robotics modifier. I was going to say, please okay. do a robotics check to <laughs> disable this thing. Yeah. Please. I'm going to reroll. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, what'd you get? I rolled a three. Okay. Sorry. I rolled a three. That would have been plus three on intelligence, plus two for robotics. So it wouldn't, it, it's an eight, which isn't great. So I'm re-rolling. Okay. It's taking away two luck. That's better. Okay. Um, 11, 16. Okay. So <laughs> on a 16, <laughs> yeah, you, uh kind of like get in there and it like flinches weird and you like pull your hand back and then you Did I get re- shocked? realize no oh uh you realize like based on how it moved it kind of like gave you some extra information and then you like shove your hand back into there and just like rip out a bunch of cables and the whole suit goes limp <laughs> so how to is like thanks <laughs> hands of a surgeon <laughs> She's sitting on the floor terrifying. with wires in both hands, looking just a little bit crazy. Jess is just kind of like standing out to the side like, huh, told you everything here is weird. And then... I love the idea of Gurk is like, and dance. Oh yeah, she's like zapping the cables back together. She, I actually thought about this. She is definitely getting that suit to her garage. <laughs> Don't care how. I think Katu would be fine with that. He wants to know what's going on. But it is going to (laughs) her garage. Okay. So, we're going to kind of uh, end scene there. Um, I'm sure somebody's contacted Jongo uh, at this point. Um, And so, he's kind of suggested that everybody, uh, you know, meet back up and kind of debrief. Um, And the securing people about the blue, blue rocket hand. Yeah, Katu wants to know if we still have visual (laughs) cameras or something on that. Um... You do not have visual on the rocket hand. It's pretty small to watch on the camera, and they lose it pretty quickly. Enhance! Um, Enhance! <laughs> yeah. Uh, where do you guys want to meet back up? Jongo is going to suggest his office, but um, you know, you mentioned you're taking the suit to the, your garage, which might be a good option. Um, so, you know, any kind of like final thoughts on that before we shift scenes just a little bit? I would think Hamish's office again, or lab, so that we can finish getting whatever information he got, and also meet back up with Taven and Storm. I agree. And John goes in theory already. There. I'm okay with that, just so long as the robot ends up in my garage. Yeah, I think like maybe not by itself yet. I was gonna say I don't if you know. Have time to like dismantle. At this point, like. We what the exact situation is there. I was thinking about leaving Jess um, there. But so you could also just take it back to Hamish's lab for now and then get it to your garage. Like I send Jess over for one of those dollies that you see at like Home Depot with the big and it's just like a an slab. An appliance dolly and just yeah. actually like... Not a, not a oh. Sorry, dolly is big, the like, right Slab word. carts. Slab carts. Oh, okay. And we kind of like, her and I, so not the strong people, are like hefting this like, so we get an arm on. And then we move the head, and then we kind of scoot the body, and we got it. I mean... So I'm going to push that down the hall to the office. Yeah. I'm thinking appliance dolly so that you can, like, strap it down to the dolly. It is just like this. Sprawled out. (laughs) Sprawled out with, like... Honestly, I don't think anybody, like... Makes a second look as you no, go down the hallway with a, a random spacesuit strapped to a dolly. It was and like classic, classic Gurk. And I scoot it off to the side of the hall and I say, Jess, you need to stay here. Don't let anybody touch it. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. You know she's like one finger. like. <laughs> and uh, I kind of glare. Uh, okay. 
Okay, you can touch it with one finger. And she pokes it. <laughs> and it's like spasms. You know that cart, though, going down the hallway is going, because they always have one wheel. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> one of six right. next to it is a weird spinny thing. So, we back up in time to see the hand flying through the base. It takes a surprising amount of turns before it abruptly turns a corner, stops flying, and then starts crawling like thing from the Adams family, wrist straight up in the air. It scampers over to a ventilation pipe and slips within. We follow the robotic hand through the pipe for a minute, then continue following through the bowels of the station. Our view starts to follow a pipe upward, rising higher and higher. The metal of the pipe widens, growing larger and larger, and then our view comes out on top of what appears to be a small patch of grass set before a massive tank of greenish water. To the right, another massive tank extends 10 feet into the air with various pipes pouring water into the central vat and a surprisingly tranquil burble. To the right, water flows through yet another series of filters into a third lower tank full of clear blue liquid. High on a wall above the cleanest tank, the artificial sunlight streams into the room, bouncing off the water and silhouetting a lone figure with a bucket hat on and a pole cast into the water. A bucket of fish sits next to the rod. Clearly, it's been a productive morning for this individual. The robotic hand skitters up from out of the pipe somewhere and over to the figure. Ah, excellent. This should be sufficient. Our view slowly closes in on the figure as it reaches down and takes out the blue canister. Good work. Although it appears to have lost some parts and pieces, no? And we caused a bit of a ruckus, did we? Well, no matter. We have what we need now. The figure takes out a small device, presses a button, and a probe flicks out from the end. He inserts it into the goo and waits for a moment, then examines the readout. Oh, fascinating. But of course, it makes perfect sense. He closes the canister, takes out a journal, and carefully records the information from the readout onto it. He picks up the robotic hand, puts it on his shoulder, and walks over to the bucket of fish. Well, I'd say that things are going rather swimmingly so far, don't you? What, 93% accurate plan? What? Only 84%? No, no, surely it's more than that. Well, we won't be sticking long enough to need these, I would say. He dumps the fish back into the tank and tidily puts the fishing pole and the bucket away. Then he turns invisible. Alright, so now... Uh, we are back in with Hamish's office. So you've got Hamish, Dr. Jongo, uh, Storm, Taven, and then obviously you three, and Jess is out, arms folded, sipping on her rocket booster, watching over the uh, she's robot. She's sitting on the corner of the uh, cart. cart. Just like scooting her pee back and forth, like <laughs> it's just like rolling the cart a little. Just bit. So, not going down the hall or uh, anything. Just like you know, kind of like the the mindless movement that people do, or maybe it's just me. Um, just just a little bit. Just nice. Kind of like you would on a swing, but keeping your feet on the ground. All right, so let's debrief a little bit says Director Jongo. Where are we at? What are we looking for? I've got some people who are putting together a list of individuals, as you asked for, um, people who are maybe researching either some sort of camouflage situation or automatons. Um, so we have, should have that list shortly. But what are you guys thinking at this point? What did you learn from uh, your adventure, should I say? I think we know... Someone has some more advanced knowledge of our own technology than we do. 
The director's nodding. Uh, Corrin's gonna step forward and say, uh, permission to speak freely, sir. Go for it. Uh, well, it seems we need a better understanding of what this blue goo is. I believe the rocket hand, uh, which I think we've lost, he kind of looks around to the other people that may have been, you know, monitoring cameras or comms or anything. Um, it seemed to take a sample with it, so... I'm not sure if we're missing any samples from here. Um, uh, would Hamish, this be missed Hamish from the inventory? Says, I, uh, that's, this is the only place that would be. So it, if he has some, it's from here for sure. So do we think he may have just collected from some of the broken vials, or are we missing something else from the inventory? Is that all that was taken? That would be my guess. We haven't found anything else that was taken. Obviously, we have the uh, uh, computer virus that they're still trying to figure out, but uh, other than that, it seems to be that everything is here. So yes, that's my guess. Is the broken vial, uh, some of a sample was taken from that. Well, it also seems that he was trying to get to the hangar bay, which I'm not sure if there's a ship there. We'll need to look into that later and see if there's any way it could have tried to escape so we're yeah. not entirely sure where it was going since the hand went back into the station you don't think it was trying to get on my rocket booster ship do you i don't know the the hand went the opposite direction oh um if you guys like radio down because uh katsu has people down at the uh hangar bay you know like supervising the rocket booster shipment um they just you know they're like everything is going exactly as expected that all seems like that business is good business and so um you guys can kind of like surmise pending the questions that you're asking looking at the like you know uh manifest of what they're supposed to be delivering like all that stuff like that's all completely kosher i know previously somebody had mentioned something like well maybe they're trying to stow away as an escape route there um, so that could potentially be, uh, you know, still viable, but it doesn't seem like this ship in itself is bringing anything odd or anything like that. Um, you'd also know that, like, in the hangar bay there are ships. So, um, like, in theory, people have private spacecraft that they park there and, right. like, could take and leave, and so, like, um... You know, if, if you're trying to fly away from the space base, that is where you would go to do any of that stuff. I think next thing... So, Katu looks like he's thinking very hard. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how feasible... Because I think Katu has an understanding at this point that this being... Or this uh, organization, whatever they are, has... The ability to not be detected so but he wants to almost have like a full scan of the base performed in some manner that could do a full scan of the infrared and the ultraviolet and like magic and even physical where possible of like I don't know, do a grid walk of the entire outer hall or something in order to see if you bump into an invisible ship even. Like, 
yeah, I mean, I think you could definitely, like, implement something like that. You're talking about, like, what's the feasibility of, like, a rapid time frame on that, you know? And so, like, how do you do that in a way where you're ensuring that it's... um, I think you would start... I think you would at least, you know, send some sort of request that uh, a plan be drawn up and quickly for... You know, let's start from the outside, so let's get a bunch of people in spacesuits to do a, a walk of some sort of grid search along the outer hull. Now, mm. if the ship is a distance away, then obviously we're not going to find it, but... Do we have anything similar to radar? That's what I was trying to think. Right. I was like, yeah, is there anything that could possibly detect this thing? But we know that it doesn't leave much of a signature in ultraviolet right. or infrared because of... I'm thinking, like, super old-fashioned, though, that, like just looking for something physical even if we can't see it yeah yeah i mean i think like ct scan (laughs) you've got (laughs) a you know facility full of genius tinkerers (laughs) like you can surely come up with something that's gonna make that happen um the trick is doing it in a way that is um i can't think of the word but like all-encompassing right so like um but I think I think Patsy wouldn't be looking for one, you know, like silver bullet solution that could detect everything sure. possible. I think he would say, okay, let's go ahead and start some sort of physical search right. while the tinkerers are figuring out what, you know, what radar yeah. mechanism to be using. Yeah. And yeah. like, we'll do a thermal layer, and yeah. then we'll do an electromagnetic layer, uh-huh. and then we'll right. Yeah, we can do it in a multi-tiered approach. We just need to start doing something now. Because we don't, you know. Right. If we I, wait until I'm, something's ready, then we've lost all that time. Yeah. And I think that that's totally fair. And I think, like, probably part of what Katu's doing, maybe at that point, is also just generally, like, contacting his team and being like, okay, like, put in place search protocols, you know, whatever, um, and trying to, like, get some of that ironed out. Um, the thing that I was saying is, like, you know, thinking about, like, on the maintenance levels, like where are there going to be weird areas that are weird hidey holes that are things that are going to be trying to like find it, you know, like, so I think some of that stuff is also like probably what Katu is processing through is like, okay, like we could probably hit the like admin offices and the research base fairly easily. So maybe let's like start sweeping those areas, the ones that we know we can feel like we could, you know, quarantine off or something like that. Um, and then kind of like work through whatever that looks like. So Corey's going to address Girk specifically. Girk, as one of the foremost mechanics on this uh, station, I'm sure you're familiar with most of the other engineering and tinkering-focused researchers here. Would you be able to look into this suit and tell me if there's anything that indicates who made it? I know everyone leaves a signature of some kind, correct? She's kind of nodding along and looks very focused, and she's like, I, I, want, I want to get my fingers inside that suit as soon as I possibly can. Yeah, that seems pretty wise to me, and maybe we can cross-reference some of your findings with a list that I give anybody who might have this sort of technology. Uh, do you think there's any leads that we had previously that maybe we can cross off the list that we don't feel like are worth pursuing at this point? Or maybe moving to the bottom of the list at least. Oh, yes. 
Corey's going to take off his, like, military cap and put his wire room glasses on and kind of walk over to Jess, who's sitting on the that flat cart, kind of pop down next to her and say, Hey, I'm just wondering, who are those boys at that you're always hanging out with? I don't know. They were supposed to meet me. Why were they supposed to meet you? Well, we were going to meet at Girk's lab, but... Then I went into the hangar bay, and then all this crazy stuff went down. So I don't know where they're at. You have your hey. cell phone? Can I borrow your cell phone? Hey, can I have your cell phone? <laughs> Calm units on your wrist. Oh, this place is weird. Okay. <laughs> she, like, T9s a message on her <laughs> wrist. Yes. I'm sure Gurk would have converted a T9 cell phone for her. I mean, she practically uses well, one. They're from the 90s, so they actually probably didn't have a cell phone. It's true. The or they had the little Nokia Blackers. bricks. Yeah. Oh, so they might have had Tina. <laughs> when was texting invented? I feel like it was the O's. The O's. The O's. Yeah. <laughs> I do think teenagers lower priority. They don't have the experience to create something like hey, this. Hey, have you been pulled out of time? Trapped in a weird spaceship before? Oh, I think a... I've got some experience, okay? As a, no, no, no. I do your benefit. I, I only ask I'm because... Because <laughs> I know that... And then she sees Gert. And you're like, gives her the stink eye. And then she like walks back over to her. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't accuse any of you of any wrongdoing. I just know that... You and your friends have done a lot of adventuring recently, and perhaps they would have seen something that others would not. Others that are normally going about their daily business, perhaps they come across areas that we're less familiar with. I kind of looks at just questioningly. Like, anything stand out? For reference, texting was invented on December 3rd, 1992. There we go. Dang. It's a lot older than I thought. Yeah. So old. The first text message was sent on December 3rd, 1992, when 22-year-old British engineer Neil Papworth used his computer to send a Merry Christmas to Richard Jarvis. Neil of, Papworth? Of I'm adding him Vodafone. to list of scientists. You guys need to on his <laughs> Orbital 901 mobile phone. Nice. So it was computer to phone rather than phone to phone. So I don't know when T9 was invented, which I think is probably different. Anyway, keep going. All right, so it seems that Jess, you and your friends might be off the hook for now. Although if you can help us at all in this manner, we would be greatly appreciated. And uh, we might be able to get you some extra rocket booster. She's like, okay, and she starts texting. Um, Have any of the anomalies brought people from? They seem like they would be top of the list. I don't believe any of them have come from the future. Hmm. That being said, we did have that massive uh, mechanical nightmare that shot through our wall that we took down and didn't have. But that was probably future tech, if I had to bet. <laughs> Someone looking for that, perhaps, has joined us? 
at some time. Could be. That's a good thought. He like pulls a notebook out of his back pocket and it's like starts making notes on a paper. Uh, blues, clues, notebook. <laughs> I love this. Just saying. It's not really blues clues. It's just that style where you flip it over the top. Oh no, I'm imagining it's shaped like the couch, like it's supposed to be. Maybe it is. Maybe he got it from Jess. He only writes in it with large crayons. <laughs> like a professional. Like a professional. <laughs> All right. Um, so you kind of like hash that out, um, kind of finish that up. I think the last thing maybe Katsu would say is, um, Doctor. I appreciate your efforts in centralizing and timing the anomalies, but I think we may need you to bring in additional support for analyzing this goo as quickly. I that might be a good option. Well, let me think about who would be good at that. Um, that being said, I do have all this data, and he like starts like pulling out a bunch of stuff, right? Because he basically developed the like this goo, which is like the insulation for like the actual thing. Oh, he developed the goo itself. Yeah. Okay. Like Katsu so, was implying, or Katsu was trying to say that we need to know what, like, what its impacts might be now that it has been exposed to whatever it's insulating. It's I guess right. he's trying to get at. Yeah, Just no, and I think really Hamish well. totally picks up on that, and that's why he's like, I've got all this data <laughs> about, like, how it's developed, but also, like, we do need to kind of, like, evaluate, like, you know, somebody has now taken a sample of this, like, in a clandestine manner, which is problematic, and so, like, what is the potential implications of, like, where that could go, what that could do? Um, Wormholes. So, um... In the bathroom. That reminds me. Katsu. Roll a d20. Oh, sorry. That's you. Roll a d20, yes. Yeah, you're right. Charles, roll a d20, not Katsu. Well, that's interesting. (laughs) It's a three. It's a three? It it was hard to see, but it's a three. Okay. There we go. Managed to get it out without tilting it over. Turning it over. You are not feeling super great. Of course not. You blue good. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, you know, some time passes. You guys are kind of figuring things out. Um, the um, storm kind of like, after a little bit of tinkering with the um, like virus and the computer, uh, is concerned because it doesn't really seem like the computer has like really any damage and so it's like okay this wasn't meant to destroy data what is the point of it being here um you know kind of a similar thread you've been going down with the the physical um robot being being like okay what was the point of him being in here what happened you know at this point you kind of figure like okay he was in here to steal the blue goo um, at least partially, um, and so they're kind of having a similar, like, conversation about, like, you know, what's the point of this virus, um, what does it do, and, you know, there's kind of some, like, 
question there too about like you know can we you know reverse engineer this virus to figure out if there's like the signature on that kind of like they're doing with like the physical robot tinkering stuff like that so you get that um then you guys um get you what i have another idea okay i want taven to assemble a collection of others who are also magically attuned and do a sweep of like a magical sweep of the base because we know that the blue goo messes with him in Hamish's lab so I don't know what density or concentration it has to be in before it starts having an impact but perhaps they could detect it that way while uh, physical and other means are occurring or being developed sure um Yep, so he'll get on that. Um, so, you get a list of scientists who might have some similar capabilities to, um, you know, various aspects of what this thing entailed. Um, and so there's, this is a longer list that Dr. Jongu has, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, like, are kind of like tangentially related to some of this stuff you know how many people like can put together a small robotic drone probably a lot how many people are like specifically researching automatons you know that list is a lot smaller um and so between you know the six of you who are there um you know various like um alibis maybe or whatever you can kind of like cross some people off the list and you kind of come down to um, these names so you have uh, and I can send these to you if you don't want to write them down but um, yeah you have Dr. Balasar who's a dragonborn woman um, she's kind of the resident like drone expert uh, so she's like especially the one who's kind of in charge of all the pre-programmed like trash robots wait staff maintenance bots like anything like that that's on the station and so she's kind of like one of the like premier um, like autonomous robot people um, who's really like focused on making sure all those just like you know essentially like maintenance bots are up to snuff running properly you know you know all that good stuff and so that's one of them you have dr dietrich um who is this green alien with weird like wing flap things um and she's the one who's in charge of spacesuit maintenance and she's kind of like runs the low grav area so she does a lot of research on uh like the zero grav stuff um but like she's also kind of the one who makes sure that all those spacesuits are ready to go because as people are like scheduling time or whatever in that zero grav area they often need a spacesuit for like whatever they're doing um and so you know that name comes up because you're like okay like where did the spacesuit come from was it stolen from her like what's the situation there um you have dr eddie greenleaf who is a lizard-like creature um, and he's a chemist. He has some just like natural camouflage properties that are kind of like native to his species. Um, and so um, that name comes up and I think maybe in, in some of the conversation they're like, I don't really necessarily think like he's probably responsible for this, but he might at least be able to like do some analysis or something to try to figure out, you know, what is 
uh, evaluating this uh, camouflage stuff, so he might be someone who's good to talk to. Um, you have Gurk, the space goblin, whose focus is robotics, mainly on vehicles, turrets. Uh, uh, she's various repairing of things and honestly who has any idea what else she is doing um but she definitely uh, has suspect number one <laughs> definitely has the expertise to she kind of glares at you uh pull off an autonomous robot like this also she does not actually say not <laughs> of note not a doctor why you need the doctorate you don't need it why do you need the doctor school is a waste of time Honestly, schools my, in this universe don't cater very well to nocturnal creatures. Might be <laughs> more impressive to be. I don't know. I feel like they would cater perfectly to nocturnal creatures. <laughs> it's more just that Gurk just didn't like. She's just like I taught myself. Why not? I don't need say, honestly, it might be more impressive to be like a member of this space station and not have like <laughs> been a doctor because that means you like you've made a name for yourself. Not, not a doctor. In academia. Um, She's you on the have... list of fancy scientists, but doesn't have the, the schooling qualifications that the rest of them yeah, have. Exactly. Funnier yet, she wasn't actually even on the list. They just opened one of the garages and it was like, oh, there's a person in here. <laughs> I mean, she's a space goblin, so who knows? Uh, that would be a very interesting backstory to, like figure out at some point is like how really did Gurk get here she wasn't inviting she just happened to stow away and started building things they opened the office she's like pass me the ring she's like are you supposed to be here uh huh <laughs> it's my shop it says on the door <laughs> motor oil <laughs> uh yeah exactly um you have Dr. Imbert who is a uh tall Fire thin type. man uh pretty soft spoken with purple skin um, he's material sciences, especially like fabrics and textiles. And so, um, trying to figure out, um, I mean, he's mostly here with the idea of like, when you're researching archeological things and sites like that, he's like trying to figure out, um, uh, you know, different materials and how that contributes. But, um, part of that could be involved in some sort of like camouflage. He might be able to tell you, you know, what sort of stuff could be turning Invisible like this or whatever. Uh, real quick in case I missed it. For yeah. Dr. Greenleaf, did you mention male or female? Or uh, ambiguous? Eddie. Or non? Male. Okay. Just, just checking. Yeah. I didn't, but... Could be one of those races that has multi-gender, too. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Seven and a half, to be exact. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you have Dr. Papworth, who's a human... Who invented texting in 1992? Wait, so you, you have him on the ship? <laughs> you do now. That's concerning. And why is he a person of interest? He, no, I don't know He's that he invented texting, which causes all sorts of I don't of know problems. that he invented it. He just happened to be involved in the first text. He's one of the ones that got warped in by anomaly. Poor guy. <laughs> He's a descendant. But, but, but aren't we looking specifically at knowledgeable persons and, like, persons of interest? We just never know what oh, he's okay. up to. Okay. He invents things like texting. Prob's not, not a him suspect. Down. I'm redeleting him. <laughs> Alright. And then you have uh, Dr. Yuvu, who is a uh, plant-based humanoid creature 
and uh, his field of study is biomimetics, um, specifically kind of building robotics for prosthetics and biomechanical enhancements and that sort of thing. You said biomimetics? Biomimetics. Yeah, biomimetics is like um, when you I'm... try to replicate the natural, like systems in the natural world okay. in mechanical processes. I, I feel like I'm hearing you say two different things, though. Is it biomimetics or just biomimetics? Biomimetics. Okay. Like mimic. Yeah. So instead of a second eye, I suppose. I, th- I thought I heard you right the it's, first time, and then I thought you said just biomedics the second time, and I was like, what? Yeah, it's okay. B-I-O-M-I-M-E-T-I-C-S. All right. Who do you guys want to investigate first? Do you want to go together? Do you want to go separately? What do you want to do with that? I feel like it makes more sense for me to start looking into the robot unless we want to all go together for the sake of game, <laughs> which is also fine. Um, I honestly, Split the party. I honestly think uh, we can probably split the party on this one and that'll be fairly manageable in that case i will go ahead and walk with jess to wheel down and like when she's wheeling this like her arms are like practically above Above her her head head. so she's like she's an excellent pull-up form to push this cart Mm. all right so you head back to your garage uh katu might suggest to gurk as she's returning to her garage that she get in contact with dr balasar and see if the two of them can work together to figure more of this out more quickly. Okay. Cool. I don't know, since she's the drone expert, she'll to have an she'll extra send a message on her com to Dr. Bella. She's got a sidekick, right? Jess. No, the phone, the sidekick. Oh, like, you were talking about right? the the comm unit, yeah. yeah. Although yeah. that would be funny to have Jess send the message. <laughs> Dr. Bellasar, could you please meet Edgar? <laughs> but I do send a message. I don't necessarily wait for them, though. So yeah. I just get to my garage and start going, turn on some fun music, pop on the goggles, and start nice. taking a peek. Hey, friends. Welcome back to DHHQ. It's me, Alex, your friendly neighborhood GM. This is the part of the show where I explain the nuanced strategies of competitive turtle herding. It really all comes down to how you train the kangaroos, if we're being quite on. Oh wait, no. This is the part of the show where I come out and tell you stuff. Stuff like, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Also, as you may or may not have noticed, this is the second week in a row that our ep is getting dropped on a Friday. Well, three of the four of us are in master's programs currently, so our schedules change up a bit when we get new classes. It turns out that in this season of our lives, a Friday release date seems much more feasible, at least for now. Sorry that we're kind of figuring that out in process rather than giving you a heads up, but also thanks for being flexible with us. If you love the Thursday release and want it back, let us know. Or if you hate the Friday release and want any other day, let us know that too. You can do that on the socials or by emailing us at dubioushistories at gmail.com. If you're enjoying listening to our show as much as we are enjoying making it, you might think about supporting us financially. You can do that on Patreon by clicking the link at the end of our episode description in the title section. As always, we would love it if you shared our show with a friend, and a big shout out to the people who shared the show with you. Tell them how awesome they are. Remember, you're awesome, and we like you a lot. So thanks for listening to the show. And that's all I've got for today, so back to the action. Katu, 
What's your first uh, plan of attack? I think Gachi's first stop would be with Dr. Dietrich to get an inventory of existing spacesuits and see if any are missing and see if we can, um, you know, come through the records of who's checked one out recently. Okay. Uh, or who maybe didn't check one out and should have. <laughs> yeah, is the spacesuit one that we would recognize, like, off the bat as, oh, yeah, this is an Orana Station spacesuit? You guys probably wouldn't, but you know that Dr. Dietrich will be able to let you know. But, They're... like, if we see, like, a general maintenance person, like, oh, yeah, this is what they normally wear. Um, the like, general out. maintenance outfit is not necessarily a spacesuit. Um, so there is not... People are more likely to have sort of like a private spacesuit than there is like a standard okay. but is it issue. Like, okay. For like the security team, like, do they have like a standard uniform spacesuit? Yes, and this is this not This is not that. one. Okay, that's really... Okay. Um... But there are a variety of other spacesuits that Dr. Dietrich has access to. And also, like, if anybody ever has an issue, they're probably going to go take it to Dr. Dietrich and be like, hey, you know, give me the what's over on this before I go out into the vacuum of space and kill myself. Right? Like, so um, they're going to have a pretty good beat on did this come from within the station or did this not come from within the station? And kind of what's the deal there. Katu takes a 3D scan of the spacesuit as Girk is rolling away with his HoloLens Gen 30. <laughs> I'm thinking to say, so we're on the same page. Uh... I'm pretty sure you had a Game Boy Color. It also has a HoloLens now. <laughs> uh, Corin is also going to like take pictures of like the cuffs and like the collar and like if there's any tags or identifying markings. Wait, um, on the inside it says. <laughs> I'm the man in the attic. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna like take a bunch of very kind of detail in close pictures to be like, is this anything that would mean anything like where people normally write their names or tags and things are. Um, are you going with Katsu or are you yeah? So split? Dietrich is also where I think we should start. So okay. I'm I'm gonna go with him. Great. You guys head to Dr. Dietrich, and what do you say? Hello, Mrs. Dietrich. You are looking ravishing as ever. Oh, thank you. I, did you clean up your wings recently? It looks like they're shinier. Did, I mean, you did. You shined your wings. I see. It's lovely. Are they, you. like, feathery? They're, like, leathery? I kind of assume leathery. I don't know why. Just... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Leathery. They're like a iridescent, like butterfly. But okay. they like go from like they're not like big and flare out. They like basically just go like underneath the arm. Um, but you guys would know that like this is a means of propulsion in zero gravity, okay. um, which is weird because you know there's not really anything for the wings to actually gain leverage off of. But it's just one of those weird alien things that like it somehow creates propulsion for them. I thought they looked a little more shimmery than usual. Excellent. Good to see you're in excellent health. Oh, thank you. What can I do you for, boys? It's a missed out fire, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we 
are curious about the inventory of existing space suits. Oh, do you need to check one out? No. You may be aware there was a commotion on the station today. A modified space suit was involved, and he will project a little, you know, 3D hologram of the spacesuit on the cart and be like, do you, can you provide us any information about this suit? Oh, let me see. Um... And she, like, goes over to her computer and she starts, like, you know, tapping away at the hologram. She kind of, like, turns the screen so you guys can see. And she's like, it looks kind of like this person's suit. She, like, pulls it up and she's like, oh, no, that's not exactly right. Mm, What about this person? She, like, pulls up their suit and she, like, kind of has, you know, all similar, like, hologram. And so she's kind of like that. Um, And then I want you guys to make a charisma check. Well, if you'd like to try to aid instead of rolling the check for yourself, you can do that. You probably shouldn't. Charisma is average. (laughs) Mine is good, but my roll is garbage. I have a negative five. Oh, I have a... I'm like getting ready to roll and I'm like, wait, what what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to roll. I got a four. I mean, I I would re-roll, but I got an actual one. Uh, So Um, that's an eighteen. I will take that. Hmm. This is where I'm supposed to be good at. And because we made reference to these earlier, and I want to make sure this is what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna not make you use luck. Oh. And I'm going to let your nat one control the situation. But you get to keep your reroll. What? I'm so confused, but okay. Because the nat run is a colossal failure. And so I'm not going to make you reroll. I'm going to prevent you from rerolling. Because, because you're allowing Isaac's failure to be the failure. Dictates this That's particular frustrating. exchange. That's okay. frustrating. Um, well, real, real quick, though, because yeah. we made reference to these earlier, and I want to make sure I give attribution. Um, we have new little spiral dice tower boxes, and they were designed by AC Lugston519 on Thingiverse. Nice. Good job, AC. Plus, good initials. Except for the natural one. Except for the natural one. I blame Isaac for that, then. Um, so, in this exchange, you're not able to get... Um, you know, she's kind of just like, there's a lot of people who've checked things in and out. She gives you a manifest, but there's... You know, it's like, that's going to be a whole other process of trying to figure that out. Um, she doesn't seem like she's the one who caused the problem. Well, is she being truthful? If you're counting that 18, here, let's do this. Okay, let's count the 18. The 18 lets you cross her off the list. So in your conversation, you're able to successfully say like, okay, this was not her job, not her responsibility. 
the nat one is going to say she doesn't give you a better next direction to go but you can cross her off the list and say like we're pretty sure you know her alibi today you know she has like video footage of her like doing some weird zero grab test i will use two luck then because i'm going to count that 18 for the green cross okay um Girk, what do you say to doctor well let's do this first make a intelligence roll as you're trying to discern like you know do i recognize this um can i add my robotics major yeah thank you that is a dirty 20. a dirty 20. Okay, uh, the dirty 20 is going to let you cross off um, Dr. Balasar from the list. So you, like, you worked with Dr. Balasar, you guys probably create drones together, whatever, like, you worked really closely with her. You can say, like, okay, I know that this is not her work. Um, Plus, that also gives you the ability to, I mean, then, like, trust her and kind of pursue that avenue of questioning awesome. as well. Um, so, you cross a couple people off that list. Boom. I go ahead and send them a text. <laughs> nice. Letting them know. <laughs> okay. Because I want to keep people informed so that way we're not repeating work. Yeah, great. Uh, okay, Katsu and Corey, back to you guys. Where are you headed next? Uh, I think I'm going to go pay Dr. Ember to visit. We're on the same page. That's what I was kind of thinking I would go to next. Nice. Of, uh, you know, what would it take to turn something like this invisible? All right. Uh, what do you guys say? What time of day is it now? Um, okay, so it was morning when all this went down. Um, we'll say maybe it was like lunch time by the time you guys reconvened. I don't know. I mean, like, the reality is, like, your chase scene probably didn't take that long. Um, I think, yeah. Let's say lunchtime by the time you reconvened, maybe it took an hour to go get out to Dr. Balasar and have that whole exchange, and we'll just say, like, basically, like, we're working in, like, hour chunks. So now we're in, like, 2 o'clock hour. Okay. Good afternoon, doctor. I apologize we are in interrupting your work but you may be aware there was a disturbance on the station today i had heard as much anything i can help you with officer yes could you provide us with any information regarding what it would take to render these materials invisible well let me take a look um, did you guys bring any part of the robot, or do you guys have just the hologram? I think I think Katu only has the. Yeah, I only took like if all the pictures If you send me a message, stuff. I can send you the other hand. <laughs> 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 She's already got it in pieces in her garage. Uh, I might I, have to roll I, for I that. At least Sorry. have a lot of like detailed images. Yeah, he, of... he like takes your. What kind of a phone do you have? I have the standard issue uh, wrist con. Okay, so he like pulls your arm over and he's like, <laughs> "Push your buttons." No, you can probably 
yeah. Airdrop, airdrop it. Airdrop it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, I'm doing. I said, by the way, the new collar you put on my shirts has been excellent. It really keeps the fur from nagging. I appreciate nice. it. I thought that would be helpful. Well, let's see here. Um, and so he like you know pulls it up on the big hologram, and so he's kind of like zooming in. He's like, well, honestly, it's pretty interesting. You said this went completely invisible. Yes, and. It managed to do so on more than just the visuals. Hmm, that's very interesting. Generally, it's much easier to carbon-based uh, imperceptible than metals. They're much denser and harder to work with. And let's see. It might take um, probably some chemical avenues that that could work with, or maybe it could also be... Well, it could be based in a natural... I want you guys to do your charisma checks. I was about to do it too, and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, well. 16 for Katu. Does my diplomacy come into effect? Sure. 21. 21. Um, with that... Um, Ember is kind of thinking through, he's like, you know, it's kind of interesting that you came to ask me about this, and you said this is related to the commotion from earlier today? That is correct. Well, since you seem to be investigating something, I'm pretty sure there was somebody else who was asking me about some sort of camouflage capabilities a while ago. Let me think about who that was. Actually, am I taking a note about that? And so he, like, goes back over to computer and, like, you know, control F. Who asked me about camouflage capabilities? Uh, and so then he comes back over and he's like, oh, that's right. It was Dr. Yuvu. Dr. Yuvu came to ask me about, um, yeah, just the capabilities of different materials and uh, the ability to change their appearance and things like that, which really made sense because he was researching something about chameleons, I think, but... Uh, I don't know, maybe that could be helpful to you. Okay. The only thing I know about Dr. Yuvu is he doesn't know about chronological systematology, apparently. Yes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he apparently wouldn't know a snake from his shoelace if it was eating his foot. Oh! <laughs> I didn't write that one down, no, but I kind of wish I would have. <laughs> That was the introduction to Dr. Yuvu by Dr. Imish. Alright, anything else that you want to talk to Dr. Imbert about? Not at the moment. Thank you, Doctor. Good day, officer. may have further questions for you, but we appreciate what you have already provided. Well, I'll be sure to not leave the station. See, indeed, I say, gentlemen, as always, do like an exaggerated, like, stage bow as we walk out. He, like, puts his fingertips together and also does a bow back to you. Innocent until proven guilty, Doctor. Do not be afraid. I wasn't until you said that. (laughs) All right, uh, back to Girk with Dr. Balasar. Ah, yes, we should interview her. I told you that she was fine. No, I mean you. Oh. <laughs> You're on the list. You are on the list. 
You got the abilities. Can't Dr. Balasar um, confirm that this isn't my work either? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, Dr. Balasar walks in and she says, Ah, Gurk, it's good to see you again. What are we looking at? And she like walks over as you're like, you know, pulling pieces apart. I imagine, I don't know why this is how I imagine it, but I imagine it's like when you eat a crab and you have those like weird like fry things and Gurk is just like... <laughs> the leg crackers? But, well, yeah, I mean, they're not not crackers if it's specifically for a crab. I said they're leg crackers. Oh, the leg crackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The leg crackers. She's like... <laughs> On like, the leg of the spacesuit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is this like an exoskeleton? Like, is it all hard? Like, I um, was imagining a big, fluffy, old-fashioned NASA yeah, suit, more honestly. Like, that's kind of what it looked like, but once you got into it, you realize, like, it has... A, it basically is an exoskeleton. Um, okay. So it's, like, built to be this... It's, like, built so that the suit is the form of the thing. Right. She walks in and goes... Much too refined to be Gurk's work. Well, it's that's what I'm thinking. Like everyone would look at it and say, "There's too many spare parts for this to be Gurk's." Yeah. Uh, Where's the duct tape? So, yeah, Doctor Balasar is. Well, we should probably make a charisma check. Unless you can make a argument for a different kind of a check. I thought you already gave us that Doctor Balasar was not a suspect. This is for Doctor Balasar crossing Gurk off the list. Oh. I would say intelligence makes the most sense because that's what I'm going to be able to explain to her. I mean, like, shop talk. like clearly shop this talk. couldn't have been my right. work. There's no duct tape. All right, sure. Make an intelligence check. I'll She's accept like it. pulling out random pieces. Like, why would this be in here? This is stupid. This is three years model outdated. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, make your intelligence check. Fifteen. Okay, with a fifteen, Doctor Balasar is like. Oh, yeah, this is not your doing. <laughs> All right, let's see what we can get in here. This is truly masterful. Definitely not your doing. Oh, rude. Well, you're an excellent mechanic, but, you know, details are not your... I am a robotics expert. You're not <laughs> even there. Rude. Okay. Uh, so, we've got... So far, we've got Dr. Balasai crossed off, Dr. Dietrich crossed off, Dr. Embert crossed off, and Gert crossed uh, off. I would argue I have not actually crossed Dr. Embert off. He provided us with additional information, but you didn't specify that he seemed to be... What did you guys get on your... You got a 21 on your check? Yeah, he got a 21, I got a 16. Yeah, yeah with the 21, you can also cross him off the list. Oh, okay. To Uvu. You don't want to go to Dr. Papworth? I mean, I already crossed him off. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think actually going to Dr. Greenleaf may make sense before going to Dr. Yuvu. Because what Dr. Embert told us was that Dr. Yuvu was asking about camouflage in relation True. to chameleons. And Dr. Greenleaf has chameleon-esque characteristics so it's possible that dr you also would have been asking him for information in that regard that worked okay you walk into dr eddie greenleaf's office he's got like a big crazy gas mask on and he like runs over and is like and he like waves you out and then he like 
just a bit officer, and then he, like, turns around and, like, runs back and, like, pulls down, like, a hood over, like, some sort of, like, chemistry... I don't remember what those things are called. I telepath through him. If you're working with dangerous gases, please lock the door next time. Or at least turn on the hazard light. <laughs> the hazard light is on, but it's only in here. My God, on the left. Please contact. Please contact maintenance to get that fixed. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll talk to Chris about that. And uh, then he like, okay. pulls the hood down. And then he, like, runs over to a switch on the wall and flips the switch. And it, like, clearly, like, massively ventilates the main portion of his lab. And then he runs over and opens the door. He takes off his gas mask. Sticks his tongue out. Dangerous or unknown? Unknown. Interesting. Yeah, it's not so fun. I suppose we shall know soon if it is dangerous <laughs> I'm low to the ground so I hope it doesn't sink I think it should be fine excellent now you sound like Dr. Hamish <laughs> well that's quite a compliment he's pretty smart but what can I do you for uh, you're the captain <laughs> I thought we were yes, off. the communications officer. I thought we were trading off who was taking the lead with these people. I come in, I say something nice about them, comment, because, you know, be familiar with them, and then you say why well, we're actually here for business. It's the good cop, bad cop thing. We're just, you know, both generally nice people. Forgive us for intruding, Doctor. No, I no, no, I hope it's fine. we did not ruin your experiment. Me too. There... There was a bit of a disturbance on the station today, Oh. if you are not aware. I wasn't. I've been engrossed in my research. It's hard to get your comms on when you're wearing a gas mask. Understandable. Well, he thinks it's hanging out. as <laughs> part of the disturbance, there was a space suit that was able to turn invisible. Oh, fascinating. Can I check it out? Unfortunately, not immediately. We did not bring it with us. We have a scan we can show you, but we were curious how something can be rendered undetectable on more than just the visible spectrum with your innate abilities we were hoping you may have some information you could provide to us well it's <laughs> ready for the charisma all right go for it is it time i want to jump the gun sure go oh, for okay. it time and I mm, yeah, might as well. Might as well. Charles checked the time and said <laughs> how much time do we have left for my luck remaining? I'm gonna save my luck for the uh for Ulu. Twelve. Also twelve. And yes, I checked the time but uh, also thirteen, like, sorry. If this is helping us check off suspects, I feel like that's 
Yeah, no, that's fair. Probably worth it. Yeah, 13. 13? Um, he kind of takes a look at it from the scans and is mostly just like, you know, honestly, without either seeing it go invisible or having any sort of information about that, there's all sorts of, like, potential options um for how this could work and i'd really need like to get probably hands-on with it to be able to like give you any real information about if it was was a chemical thing or anything of that sort understandable understandable i understand dr uru might have been looking into something along these lines did he come to talk to you about that no he hasn't come to talk to me about that oh okay sense motive or charisma. Alright. Yeah. Oh, well. Can I try it again? It was in the box. Oh, fine. But make your rule about how you want your dice tower to work. Do it right. And this is a four, and in which case the D4 can do whatever the heck it wants as long as it makes it to the bar. They always have their own rules. Everyone knows this. Uh. 22. You're like, yeah, he. Yeah. He didn't come talk to him. Thank you for your time, Doctor. If the suit becomes available for you to inspect, we will let you know. That would be excellent. Thank you. Or if you've got time, I think they're looking at over in Girk's workshop. Oh? Maybe I'll stop by on my way home. He laughs. Ha! Maybe not. This is kind of weird to be like on my way home from the space station that everybody basically like lives in. Stay safe, Doctor. I'll do my best. I text Girk updates. Great. Please include that Doctor Greenleaf's signal of hazardous materials needs to be fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys. I know it has been sent to me. So you guys go out the door and you hear it. It's like, and then you like see like, and like inside you can see like a red light has lit up, but like outside there's just nothing going on. Girk got your text about there being no hazard light outside the door, and you just receive a text that just is a bunch of random letters and gibberish, and then at the end it just says, ah. <laughs> She's very not okay with that. <laughs> she's not okay with the, being the one to fix hazardous no, material lights? Safety is still very important. Safety's she's important. not the greatest okay. at her own safety, maybe. But, like, things like this bother her. Yeah. I mean, chemical safety seems like that's a big one. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, back to Girk. You and Dr. Balasar are tinkering, disassembling... Cracking, scrapping, whatever you're doing. Um, and uh, I want you to make an intelligence check to see if you can get a, uh, you know, like, signature off of, oh, this looks like the work of so-and-so. Um, what did you get on your other two rolls with Dr. Balasar? The first one... One of them was a you, you rolled a 15 on the first right. one. The first one was a dirty 20, the second one was 15. 
Okay, I think with those two good rolls, uh, I'm gonna let you have advantage from Dr. Balasar, uh, kind of helping you out on trying to piece this together. You got some, you know, two brains. Good. Um, Jen is there too, right? Or Jess, sorry. Yeah, but Jess isn't gonna know. Jess who's is sitting on top of one of the thing. big tables, swinging her feet and sipping another rocket booster. I think at this point, the other two youths have like shown up in your garage too, and they're like, "Oh, this is interesting." And they're just like, you know, kicking we, it. We just chilling. get along. It's yeah. fine. Okay, I'm assuming maybe the two uh, guys are providing a little bit of muscle for cracking into this. Yeah, gym. baby. <laughs> Uh, I mean, like, here next. Dr. Malisar <laughs> is dragonborn, so she's got some muscle also, but... Um, I'm assuming adding my intelligence in robotics again? Yeah. Okay. Nice. First roll was a natty 19. Oh, nice. Which gives me... Let's see. Little reason to... 24. <laughs> and then... Next one was a nine. So we'll go with 24. 24. <laughs> All right. Um, you get kind of, you know, get this whole thing like disassembled and you... Um, For reference, I imagine it, maybe this is just gross, but I imagine it kind of like pinned open, kind of like you would like when you're like dissecting a, a frog. <laughs> nice. Um <laughs> uh, so you like kind of get it open and you're like playing around with like some of the different um like circuits and cables and whatever and like um you in this process like figure out like okay if i like zap these two together the whole thing goes invisible okay and so you can like kind of like figure out that process and so um the two youths look at each other the guys and they're like you think what I'm thinking? And they're like, yeah. Slow-mo cam. And so they like, you know, you're like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, we could probably learn a little bit more about this. And so you like take a video of it, you slow it way down, and you realize like somehow like in this suit, um, there's like these little pigments um, that can like either change ah, color or completely So it's not necessarily go. invisible as in the sense that we like just but it's like a chameleon. Well, almost. and it goes, it has a capability to be completely, like, completely clear. Okay. Um, but, yes. Um, and with that, you kind of get some information that's like, oh, this is interesting, that it has a sort of biological process. Um, and that gives you some information that it's probably uh, Dr. Yuvu is a good candidate for applying natural processes to mechanical objects mm. based on his area of research. She kind of sends a very long text. Like it's one of those where you get like three pages and the second page comes after the third page type of thing. But at the end it's like Dr. Yubu's looking like a good suspect. I I'm not sure how long this has taken them to deduce, but I love the idea of like the text shows up and Katu walks in and he's like Yeah, I'm just thinking that Please explain <laughs> <laughs> Like I am not reading this Because <laughs> I'll show back up here, I just spent so much time sending that text message. Why didn't you tell me you're on the way? 
All right. So, you guys head to Dr. Yuvu. Yeah, he's the only one left. And you show up at Dr. Yuvu's office or uh, lab. You knock on the door. There's no answer. What do you do? Enter. You plug in the button and it opens. And you walk in. And. Doctor, we wish to speak with you. Are you here? Uh, Kato like calls out as he's walking yes. in. Um, as you walk in, you hear. Good evening, Dr. Yuvu. It's good to have you back. Oh, excuse me. My predictive algorithms expected Dr. Yuvu, but my sensors indicate that you are not, in fact, the doctor. And it's been a while since we have had any visitors. I am pleased to make your acquaintance. I am the Artificial Laboratory Assistant Neural Network Iteration 1374, or Alan for short. Who might you be? This has been the Keys to the Universe, a Dubious Histories podcast.